Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. This week, Pastor Brad Britton begins a sermon series on the Beatitudes. Pastor Britton asks, what is it to be blessed, and what is it to be poor in the Spirit? We very much so hope that you're enjoying these podcasts, and we invite for you to join us online at fumc-rr.org for all of our church information. We also hope you join us on social media at FUMCRR on all social media platforms. If you'd like to give to this podcast and other ministries, please text 44321 and follow the instructions. Again, we hope you have a very blessed week. And better yet, we hope to see you soon at the First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. Uh, before we have our uh, prayer for the sermon, uh, one of our families in the church wanted me to make uh, an announcement. Uh, many of you knew uh, Carl and uh, Myra Schomburg, and I had the privilege of getting to know Myra before she uh, passed away this past December. And uh, they, she had left a, a portion of her estate to the church uh, for various ministries. And Abby and Rhonda, their daughters, met with me this past week, and they felt very strongly that they wanted to give a a good portion of that to the church for the debt reduction uh, program that we're about to launch. And so they're doing $75,000 to that and want to do that as a match. And so if you feel called and led to do that and uh, sharing that, they they offer that. In fact, Abby and Rhonda will be uh, at the 11 o'clock service uh, here after this service. And so we're thankful for their commitment, and uh, many of you knew and worked with the Schombergs and their heart for mission in the church, and so uh, just a neat deal to be able to share that today. Let's pray. God, help us to hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say to us and through us. May it make a real difference in how we live our lives and treat others, and today especially is how we receive your grace especially in those days and times when it is difficult. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, This month, uh, I planned on preaching on the Beatitudes uh, today, which you just heard read. And then the rest of the, the month of August, the Sermon on the Mount, just taking various parts of the Sermon on the Mount. But as I read through the Beatitudes, I realized that is really shortchanging the Beatitudes. Poor Beatitudes, just get a week. So I'd like to devote each week this uh, August to the Beatitudes, and we're going to, to start with that. It is the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, many of you have heard this teaching of Jesus referred to as that, and, and it's always important when you're reading Scripture to look at what came before and look at the context of the passage. A lot of people get in trouble theologically when they just pull stuff out of the Bible out of context, and here... The context is Jesus had been born. He and his family were on the run because the king was going after all the young baby boys. He finally gets back to a safe place. He grows up. We don't know much about his childhood. I wish we did. Wouldn't that be great to see? How was Jesus in school? Did he get in trouble much or was he, you know? Well, he grows up and it's time for his ministry to begin, so he goes to the wilderness to be baptized. John the Baptist is in the wilderness and he's baptizing all the people. And Jesus, it says, got in line with everyone. Isn't that great? 
that God would become a human being and get in line with the rest of us and all of our difficulties and problems, and there he is in line, and he gets baptized. And Well, after he's baptized, it's time to go to the wilderness. He goes to the wilderness. It says he's tempted for 40 days by the devil. He survives that and then goes around teaching and healing people and and dealing with people with many different problems. And these great crowds begin to follow him, and and that brings us to chapter 5. And it said he went up to the mountain and he sat down. I think I'd sit down too. I'm pretty tired just reading it. Can you imagine living that? And he sits down to teach. Now, who's he teaching? Well, if you look in Matthew's gospel, there's only four disciples at this point. Anybody ever catch that? If you look at the chronological view in Matthew, you have Simon, Andrew, James, and John. So picture Jesus sitting up on the mountain with four people. That is the context for this message. And then the great crowds who followed him were there too. Now, we don't know if they were with earshot or not, but they were there too. People as broken as you and I, They're all there, they're gathered around, and here's Jesus with the four, and he sat down. Now, when a rabbi would sit down, it was clear that it was time to teach. So if you ever go to a normal church where the pastor stands behind a pulpit, you know, and looks real reverend, one of those, hey, here's a pulpit, you know that's time to teach and preach. Or in one of ours, this is the spot, and... So Jesus sat down, and it was time to teach. Now, in uh, Greek, there was two ways to look at the word teach. One was to teach in this moment. So we have a teaching. It is for right here, right now. The other tense for that word is this is what he taught. So in other words, this is what he taught regularly. This wasn't just a one-time day. I don't think they had podcasts back then where they could go back and catch up. This is what he taught. So that's the tense that they use this word that he sat down to teach. He taught this over and over again. So what you see in Matthew 5 to 7 wasn't just a one-time deal. And so he begins with one word. The first word of the message is blessed. Blessed. And he says it nine different times as you go through the first few verses of chapter 5. Blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. And it's... It's right down the list. So what does it mean to be blessed? I have a friend who was an attorney, and he's retired now, but he said there was this one person at work that just annoyed him. It was that person that was just always way too nice all the time. You ever run into somebody like that? And they're annoying because they really are that nice, you know? It's like, I wish you would have a little something, but... And every time he'd walk by this guy, he'd say, how you doing? The guy would say, blessed. Yeah, everybody said, blessed, like, what am I, cursed? (laughs) Blessed, it's all. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. That's not the the feeling with blessed. And, and, And here he's talking about blessed in the sense that you are blessed in that you are going to be surprised by the gift of God's grace in a circumstance that would normally not lend itself to that feeling. Blessed. So let's look at it again, uh, Matthew 5, 1 to 11. If you, have a, if you have a Bible with you or your phone is great. If you pull up a Bible app, you can look at it there. Matthew 5, 1 to 11, start with verse 3. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Now that doesn't sound like it all matches up, does it? Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, uh, especially that last one, which we'll get to later in August. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you. You ever feel blessed when you're being persecuted? Is that a natural? And so it just doesn't match up. I, I was reading a story this week about uh, India. They were showing the Oppenheimer movie, and they had subtitles as they were showing the movie, but there was a, a little snafu. The subtitles on the Oppenheimer movie were from the Barbie movie. There was a mix-up. Yes. I have not seen either movie. My hunch, and it's just a hunch, is that the words from Barbie movie probably aren't going to match up with the Oppenheimer scene, right? There's a disconnect. And you, can you imagine being in that theater and what is happening here? That had to be the feeling for the disciples as they're sitting there listening to Jesus. Now, wait a minute. You said blessed are the poor in spirit and what? Well, today we're going to look at blessed are the poor in spirit. And think of a stained glass window. If you just have one piece to a stained glass window, you don't have the entire window. So today we're going to start with the, the foundation of the Beatitudes, which is understanding what it means to be poor in spirit and then build off of that to build the window of the Beatitudes. And by the way, Beatitudes means blessings. So it's all, all it is. So blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, what Jesus meant by the poor in spirit was those who are in a situation in life who find themselves with no place else to go but God. Now, we've all been there. You, you don't have to leave church today and say, well, the preacher said I'd be blessed if I'm poor in spirit, so I'm gonna, my goal today is to be poor in spirit somehow and crushed. Yeah, where do you want to go to lunch now, right? Now, poor in spirit will find you, won't it? It'll find you on the days when you wake up and you don't know if you can make it another day, whatever it is. could be a family thing. Maybe it's a health diagnosis or, but you know that there's nowhere else to go. Any available resource, even what you think about yourself and your own competence is no longer sufficient and you're poor in spirit. And yet Jesus says in that moment, there's grace and for theirs is the kingdom of, of heaven. You ever, ever find yourself in the poor in spirit slot? Anybody play fantasy football? Anybody ever do that? We have some people here, some offices do that. We, if you're not played fantasy football, you pick your team, NFL, 
usually. And you pick a quarterback and receivers, running back, and based on how they do each week, you get points. And whoever you're playing against, if you get more points than that person, then you win that game. So Taylor uh, Ori is our director of student ministries here, and he is the commissioner of our league. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did too. I laughed. So as the commissioner, he kind of sets the rules for the league. Well, last year, somebody came in last. And it was weird that this person came in last. The most knowledgeable person on staff about football came in last. Me. Me. How do I come in last? Well, one way is to not recognize when your players are on by that week and actually change the... So Taylor said that this year we have more people playing and we're going to have to do two leagues, two divisions. I'm like, what? He said two divisions. There's the, the top league for those who made the playoffs last year and then there's the other league. Oh, wait, it gets worse. Just wait. I said, wait a minute. You're telling me I'm in the bottom league and the best I can do is win the second place league? Yeah, yeah. So I thought I'd share with you today uh, just the names of who's in these leagues, just so we're all on the same page. The top league. Caitlin Kennedy, Claire Ward, Kathy Dance, Rebecca Risto, Pat McCain, who, by the way, Pat never even checked his lineup. How did you make the playoffs? How in the world did you make the playoffs? Julie Hainan, who I did beat head-to-head, -head. Uh, Michael Rosensteel, and David Johnson. Congratulations. David came in last last year. So would you like to hear the, the not top league? That's the name of it. So get this. You ready for this? Taylor has the bright idea that the top league will get together and decide what the name of the not top league is going to be. That is cruel and unusual. Julie Roberson. Congratulations. Jennifer Hall, Taylor Ory, he's even in the bottom league. Justin Anderson, Juan Lopez, Brad Britton, and Amy Epperson are all in what we might affectionately call the poor in spirit division. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall receive ice cream this week because we decided that's what we're going to do. So those that are in the poor in spirit division, you've found yourself there, haven't you, where you're just there, wherever there is, and it's not where you thought you would be. It's not where life took you, but you're there. And you ask yourself, how can I be blessed today when I'm facing this? Well, Jesus said you're blessed. I was at the pool the other day in our neighborhood and a dad was getting in the pool with his kids. He had four young children. Two of them were hanging off of his right arm and the other two were hanging off of his left arm. And in a moment of exasperation, he cried out, there's only one of me. <laughs> Anybody relate to that? You get to the end of the day, you get to the end of the week, you get to the end of the month, you get to the end of the year and you're wrung out. There's only one of me and I'm poor in spirit and 
And that's where God meets us the best, I think. When we receive the unexpected surprise of grace and blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I like how Jesus told stories about these teachings. So if you look at the teachings in the Sermon on the Mount, you can actually look at the rest of the Gospels and find places where Jesus interacted with people and told stories. You remember the prodigal son story? Father had two sons. The youngest son essentially went to him and said, drop dead, dad, I want my part of the estate and I'm out of here. So he took his money and he went off and he blew it. Desperate with no place else to go, I guess you could call it poor in spirit when there's no, nowhere else to go, he comes back home and on his way back home he's preparing the speech for dad. Anybody ever prepare a speech for a parent when you get in trouble? And he's preparing the speech and he's like, I'll just throw myself at the feet of my father and maybe I could at least just be a servant. Well, he gets back to dad and much to his surprise when he arrives, his dad welcomes him, he embraces him. And not only does he welcome him back, they throw a party for him. Shocking, really. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus told that story about the Pharisee and the tax collector that went to the temple to pray. The Pharisee comes in all proud and walks in the temple and says this prayer. He says, I thank God that I'm not like all these other people, thieves, rogues. And he actually points at the tax collector who's off to the side and like that tax collector. We're about to have communion in a minute. And can you imagine you're coming up for communion and minding your own business, just trying to make it, you know, and you're coming up and you get the bread or the juice and you hear somebody off to the side pointing at you. You know, I'm kind of messed up, but not as bad as her or him. Can you imagine? Well, in that story, Jesus said that the tax collector's prayer was, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said only one of them went home justified that day, and it wasn't the Pharisee. Then Jesus himself experienced what it was like to be poor in spirit. Do you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus is praying and he's praying so intently that his sweat is like blood. He prays to God that he won't have to go to the cross, but he determines he's going to have to follow God's plan for that and he's crushed. And, And then when he's on the cross... What does he say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Luke's gospel, there's two people he talks about on either side of him that are criminals being crucified. And one of them is mocking Jesus and says, hey, you said you're the Messiah. This uh, doesn't look like a Messiah to me, kind of a mixed message. Why don't you save yourself and us? And the other criminal on the other side Barks back at him and says, hey, we deserve to be here. He doesn't. And then he says to Jesus, he says, could you remember me when you enter into your kingdom? Could you remember me? And then the last words that Jesus said to a human being in Luke, this is the last words he said to a human being. Today, 
you will be with me in paradise. And so maybe it's true. Maybe it's true if the last thing that Jesus said to a human being was today you will be with me in paradise, especially the guy on the cross who didn't have any opportunity to earn grace at at all. Maybe it's true. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. God, we are poor in spirit in many different ways. But we know that your grace is sufficient. It always has been and always will be. And as we prepare to come to your table to receive the gift that only you can give us, we're reminded that like the tax collector, like the son, like the man on the cross, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven belongs to the poor in spirit, to those in need of your grace. So we prepare ourselves to come before you. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.org.